0: Hi, and you are listening to the This I Believe podcast series, a podcast series exploring yeah. the essentials of the Christian faith. Hi, and welcome to episode four of the This I Believe podcast. Uh, it's great to have you with us. Uh, my name is Adam Beyer, and uh, I am associate pastor at Twiliger Community Church, um, and I'm a father of of one little girl and one on the way, and believe it or not, my wife, could go into labor at any minute, so I might have to cut this episode short and of course uh, joining me on this podcast is Zachary Ward hi
1: I'm Zachary Ward I am a uh, theology and history student at Regent College and I am the father of three sons and one daughter um, I know all about what it's like to be sitting on the edge of your seat uh, for a birth and so yeah i'm I'm
0: excited so if I I don't know We're very excited about that, and again, could happen any minute, so we'll see how this podcast goes, but I'm looking forward to our time together, Zach. Glad we could fit this in. Yeah, very exciting. Um, So if you've been tracking with us, we began our conversation talking about uh, what is theology, and then we moved um, into talking about sources of theology. And then in the last episode, which was quite long, I apologize for that. We try to keep these podcasts um, more in bite-sized formats, but we'll, so we'll try that today. But in our last episode, we talked about both worldviews um, as well as the Trinity. Um, and I said both, but we really talked about three big subjects, worldviews, the Trinity, as well as Father God. Uh, so the natural flow uh, in that conversation now takes us to be talking about um, the second person of the Trinity and that is Jesus. So I'm looking forward to to break down a bit of this question of who is Jesus. And as we have been doing, we've been looking at the North American Baptist statement of faith, which is the, the statement of faith which Tulagar Community Church adheres to. Um, and I'm just going to read for us the statement of faith on the person of Jesus. So the son became man, Jesus Christ, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Being fully God and fully man, he revealed God through his sinless life, miracles, and teaching. He provided salvation through his atoning death in our place and by his bodily resurrection. He ascended into heaven where he rules over all creation. He intercedes for all believers and dwells in them as their ever-present Lord. Uh, So that is the statement of faith of the North American Baptist Association uh, as it relates to uh, the person of Jesus, and, and we've been talking about Jesus up to this point um, as well, and uh, already have said a lot, but look forward to to saying a whole lot more. And in relation to our last conversation about the Trinity, um, we we need to stress and continue to put emphasis on this reality that Jesus uh, is indeed one hundred percent man. And uh, this in theology is something we call the incarnation, God becoming flesh, God coming and dwelling among us.
1: Yeah, the incarnation is uh, central to Christian theology um, and was a huge, uh, was a huge, you know, upset uh, in in the ancient world to even say that a God would become a man. But uh for Christian theology to make sense, uh, the incarnation of Christ is, is a central tenet.
0: Yeah, yeah. and this reality of Jesus becoming man, uh, we see throughout th- see throughout the New Testament um, a lot of emphasis given to this fact that Jesus was like you and he was like me, um, and even though he was God, which again, I think is this mind-bending thing, especially if you've grown up in church and if you've never really taken issue with the thought that Jesus is God— Um, You might not think that it's that big of a deal for God to become man, but when we take a step back and think about it logically, uh, this concept of the creator of the universe becoming like his creation, coming down and being with his creation in the way that Jesus did, it's an incredibly mind-blowing thing. And, of course, we read about uh, different elements of Jesus' humanity uh, in the New Testament. Uh, the big one, of course, that we're coming up to celebrate soon um, here, here in, in the church calendar, although before we celebrate the birth of Christ, we celebrate the anticipation of Christ as we look to Advent, which is the, the next—I uh, think I'm right, Zach, right? Advent's the next, uh, next part of the, on the church calendar. It sure is, Adam. It sure is. And so Advent's coming up, and then, of course, we're celebrating Christmas— which is the recognition and celebration of the birth of Christ. So Jesus had a physical birth. Um my wife and I are awaiting the physical birth of our second daughter. Um similarly Joseph and Mary would have had this anticipation of okay, here comes the baby. Um and Jesus was born a
1: physical birth. Absolutely. And uh and he lived a he lived a life. Uh I mean, we look at uh in Matthew 4, 2, it talks about how he was hungry. Uh, Luke 2, it, t- it talks about him growing. Like it, it The Bible generally skips over um, the life of Christ between his birth and his ministry. But it does mention it. It does point out that he did grow uh, uh, from a child to an adult. He had lived a normal human life.
0: Yeah, and that's Luke chapter 2, verse 40. And, and the child, Jesus, grew and became strong filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Um, which, it's it's interesting, is you could maybe look at a verse like this, and, you know, is, is are they talking about Samuel? Or are they talking about David? Or are they talking about some other biblical characters? Like, no, this time about Jesus. Um, he had this childhood and, and adolescent life this, in the same way that you and I had, had this um, as well. Um, in addition to this, contrary to what we would think of a God, uh, we think of a God being... Some Someone or, or something that is like invincible and all powerful and all these things, and, and while we don 't deny that God is all powerful we, we look at jesus 's humanity and read about him being tired and we read about him being thirsty um, the The thirst that you and I can feel in the back of our throats is the same type of thirst that Jesus experienced in his physical body um, the The book of Hebrews in the New Testament makes a big deal about the reality that Jesus um, suffered and was tempted. Uh, in the same ways that you and I have experienced suffering and temptation in our lives. Uh, So we cannot miss uh, this central claim, uh, central truth of Christianity that Jesus was 100% man.
1: Yeah. um, And of course, even like with the exception of uh, him being able to live a life without sin, Jesus was like us. Uh, It's even worth emphasizing that all of the works that Jesus did, all the miraculous things He did, He didn't even do through His own power as the second person of the Trinity, mm. but Acts ten thirty eight shows uh, tells us that He was relying on the Holy Spirit in His Absolutely. time on earth uh, to do these things, which is which I think is an overlooked and key thing. He's not some like I think that sometimes we simplify Christ to being some form of superhero. Yeah, totally. When he was on, while he was on earth, he really did empty himself of all of these things, um, all of his, all of his divinity and lived like a man. The only reason he lived without, he could live, he could live without sin was because he had an eternity past of perfect relationship with the father. Absolutely.
0: That's so good. And Zach, you're hitting on like this. You know, when we think about Christology, which is what we're talking about—the the doctrine of Jesus—I think something that blew my mind about that uh, in Bible college was something uh, both Zach and I's New Testament prof- professor had. We, had the same uh, New Testament professor, made this comment of, you know, when you look in the mirror and you see your face, you know, it's it's like that in a sense. It's like Jesus, right? Like he's he was that human, um, mm-hmm. and and all of the power that was available to Jesus to do the things that he did is the same power. That's available to you and to me uh, to engage in the life that Jesus has called us to, which again, we miss that. And it's so easy to read the New Testament and be like, well, yeah, of course, Jesus was so good with people. Of course, uh, he was so just. Of course, he was so loving. He was Jesus. Um, but like, man, Jesus told us that we could go on to do greater things. Um, and and I'm sure there's lots of interpretive stuff that goes into that passage. Um, but just that reality that the same things that he did by the power that he did them, are things that you and I can do uh, by that same power, which is available uh, to us, Uh, which again, when we talk about theology being mind blowing, I I find this facet of, of, um, of Christology to be quite mind blowing.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And of course, though, the question we have to ask ourselves uh, why he became a man and Adam, let me ask you that question. Why is it that, uh, that God had to become man in the first place?
0: Zach, you're setting me up here.
1: Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah,
0: and like it's a great question, and, and you know, I think about my own, like you know, I'm a pastor, and it's funny, Zach and I were talking about this earlier, and I was like, man, like what's the great answer to that question? And Zach, you put me onto this this great theological word called recapitulation, uh, which I I actually had never heard of recapitulation before, so I'm turning yeah. it back to you. Let's let's unpack <laughs> recapitulation.
1: Yeah, Adam, of course I was giving you a hard time there. Uh, recapitulation is a really important theological concept. It was, uh, the term was coined by a second century uh, theologian by the name of Irenaeus. But um, it really is just an exegesis, uh, an interpretation of Romans, uh, Romans 5, uh, starting in verse 12. It says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. And then going down further, uh, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Um, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. Hmm. Uh, that, that's, that's an important part of the end, a type of the one who was to come. The incarnation of Christ um, actually sets, sets Jesus up to be the second Adam. Since the fall of man, Adam in his sin has been the head, as it were, of of humanity. He is the first Adam. He is he is why we have this fall. Uh, but Christ in his incarnation becomes the second Adam. And it is through that incarnation that he can actually justly pay for our sin. Hmm. Um which which is which is very important because of course the justice of God is very important. Absolutely. I
0: think we'll get back to a lot of these ideas when we talk about the doctrine of salvation. Um, But for now, let's just leave it at this, the the emphasis and importance of of Christ in his humanity becoming this this second Adam, which again, we we will continue to unpack that later on in the series, Um, but needs to be said in this idea of talking about Jesus being 100% man. And in addition to Jesus being one hundred percent man, we know that Jesus was also one hundred percent God, um, and those of you who are math buffs are like, "Hey, uh, you theologians are really, really bad at math. Um, yes, we are yeah, first
1: first, we have uh, the doctrine of the Trinity, where one plus one plus one equals one, and now we have the doctrine of Christ, where one hundred percent plus one hundred percent makes one hundred percent
0: exactly. So, uh, so this is some good math we got going today. Um, mm. But Jesus was indeed not only 100% man, but 100% God. Uh, now, this is important when you think back to what we talked about in our last episode. Again, um, we are part of a worldview that embraces an ethical, monotheistic um, perspective of, of God. And so in, in saying that, we look at Judaism, and they, they look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, again, another ethical, monotheistic religion as is Christianity. And we also look at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and say it's incredibly important. And what does it say? It says that, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. He is one. Now, this makes Trinitarian theology uh, really uh, probably frustrating to the Jews. We're like, this just doesn't work. Um, But when we get into this idea of Jesus claiming he was God, of, of Jesus being God. Um, again, a Jewish understanding of God, this really doesn't work. How do you wrap your head around this? Uh, but church tradition does indeed affirm that Jesus is the same substance or essence. that means they're existing in unity as the Father. So Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit are all one. So Jesus, 100% man, but also 100% God. Uh, and we kind of watched the New Testament writers flush this out in their writing because eight of the nine New Testament writers um, were and, and sorry eight of the nine New Testament writers and, and Jesus Jesus original disciples, they were all Jews. however, all of them taught that Jesus is God's Messiah, the spirit anointed Son of David promised in the Old Testament. And they all present Jesus as a three, in a threefold role as a teacher, a sin bearer, and a ruler, prophet, priest, and king, um, that, um, that he should be personally worshiped and trusted, which is to say that he is God no less than he is man. Uh, so the way that we read about Paul exalting Jesus to a place of worship um, is a big deal, when when Paul is exalting Jesus to a place of worship, he is affirming that Jesus is indeed God. Uh, for Paul to exalt Jesus to a place of worship and not affirm that Jesus is God would have been idolatrous on Paul's part. And so the New Testament writings affirm this truth that Jesus is 100% God as well as 100%
1: man. Yeah, and not only that, but um, the New Testament writers uh, are very clear— uh, in their referencing of Jesus as God. Of course, we have John, uh, we have John one, one in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. Um, and Philippians, uh, two, six to eight as well affirms this.
0: Absolutely. And and I think Philippians two such a a central text to to our churches originally, they, they look at it and they say it was either a doxology or a hymn that was likely sung by the early church. And, um, this reference of Jesus emptying Himself and becoming a man, uh, Philippians two super important. Maybe we'll end this episode reading that for you. Um, but yeah, let's unpack. Uh, Zach, you just mentioned John one one in the beginning was the Word, uh, and a simple reading of that, someone might be going, "Well, wait a minute, that's saying He's the Word, not that He's God." Um, so, so what do you mean by that? Can you unpack that a bit?
1: Yeah, this concept of of the Word or Logos, as the Greek term is, um, it's a it's a term that was um that was being used in the centuries leading up to to Christ uh in reference to uh it, to God in many ways but one really easy way for us to look at it today um is when we read about God speaking in in the old testament that God you know in in creation even God spoke creation into being um it's it's this logos that he's referring to this word right God created everything out of nothing through his word which is Christ. Um and I think that's a really interesting way to look at it. Um of course you can go much deeper than that. We can look at um the the pre-christian uh, the Jewish ph- philosopher Philo who talks about logos or even after him look at Justin Martyr but uh for our purposes uh today it's just this is this understanding of of God's word as being in Christ being God's action is a really interesting uh, way that we can understand it.
0: So, yeah, when we look at John chapter one, verse one, where we read in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Uh, We do have in this text, this again, this affirmation um, of Jesus as God, uh, which is incredibly, incredibly important to our understanding um, in addition to this, of course, again, referencing Christmas, um, we are celebrating not just the human birth of Christ, but also this, this reality that it is a supernatural birth um, that, G, uh, that Mary was conceived um, through, through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's uh, something, a statement, part of our statement of faith, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Uh, this is not just a technicality of, of theology. This is a very, very big deal. Uh, that Jesus um, was was not born of an earthly father, um, but that uh, he was he was conceived supernaturally um, to Mary, and and it's because of that that Jesus can actually become this new Adam. Um, if Jesus was uh, born of a, an earthly father, if he was if he was the son of Joseph in a biological sense. Um, he couldn't be the, the new Adam. He would, he would be a representative of the old Adam who led us into death. And so uh, super important that Jesus was not born of an earthly father. Um, and then when we look at the, the four biographies, uh, the Gospels of the New Testament, uh, we get this amazing privilege to read about the life of Jesus and witness in his life that he, um, he exemplifies many uh, characteristics of God. Um, and, and we watch him in his ministry, Though the words that he proclaimed, the healing that he worked, the justice that he brought, uh, his care for the marginalized. These are all uh, things we see in the Old Testament of God's heart for his people, um, and then ultimately his death, his resurrection, and, and his ascension. And, and in the New Testament, we also read and hear emphasis about Jesus being eternal, about he himself being present at creation. Um, in Colossians chapter 1, we, we read that Jesus was part of the creative process. Um, we know that Jesus was without sin, again, a characteristic of God. Um, and of course, his earthly ministry, empowered by God's spirit. We're watching that take place. Jesus setting for us the example of what you and I are supposed to supposed to do and be.
1: Yeah, and of course, on top of all this, we have... Christ himself claiming to be God, this isn't a title that was placed on him after the fact uh, we have in John five eighteen very clearly it says that they were trying to they were they were trying to find a way that they could uh, get an executed get him killed because he was making himself equal to God and then again in John ten, Christ very clearly just says in John ten thirty I and the Father are one um which, if is, is you can't, to get a clear affirmation from Jesus Himself that He is God, absolutely.
0: Um, and when we look at that, uh, it reminds me of uh, a famous, famous C.S. Lewis quote, um, where where C.S. Lewis gets at this, and he, he makes this claim. It's it's in his book *Mere uh, Mere Christianity*, um, and this is what he says: He says, "I'm trying to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus." that I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. And I'm just going to stop there. Um, this is a super common thing that we hear people say, that sure, Jesus existed historically. Uh, he said some really good things. Sermon on the Mount, that's great. Love what he said. Great teacher. Um, C.S. Lewis is saying, uh, sorry, but then someone would say, in addition to that, they'd say, well, but there's no way he's God. There's no way he's God.
1: Um, yeah, they'll so, just say, oh, he's a really, he was a good moral teacher. Yeah. Yeah, uh, is 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 what you hear a lot, you know. Yeah. He just taught people to love each other.
0: Yeah, and but C.S. Lewis goes on to say that this this is the one thing we must not say, and he says a man who was merely a man and said that sort of things like things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man Jesus. Uh, now, it seems to me obvious that he was neither lunatic nor fiend, and consequently, however strange or terrifying, unlikely it might seem, I have to accept the view that he was and is God. Fantastic quote by C.S. Lewis. Again, Amen. That's in uh, Mere Christianity. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I, I would also, up.
1: sorry, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, it sums nice. up
0: so well what we've been saying.
1: Yeah, uh, and just just while we're on the topic of, because that, of course, is an apologetical argument. Right. um, I think another really great one for us to note uh, for Jesus as God is the witness of the early church. Hmm. Um, We have the apostles who went to the ends of the earth. um, And with best records we have, 11 out of the 12 uh, apostles were martyred the only one who wasn't was john and he was boiled in oil he just didn't die (laughs) right uh which you know almost sounds worse yeah um but uh like it's it's so important for us to recognize if 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 they hadn't seen the risen christ which would emphasize his his god his godliness his god his part being part of the godhead if they hadn't seen that, they wouldn't have done that. Right. They wouldn't have died for it. They didn't become the, the apostles. Didn't become, you know, wealthy, popular people for their teaching. They they were persecuted and killed. And that's just and that's just the twelve. Right. Um Absolutely. You know, the early church period is you know, it, it, it's it wasn't it wasn't a fun time to be a Christian. Yeah. Uh, the church the church grew uh, in massive leaps and bounds in that time.
0: Absolutely. That's another great apologetic uh, for us to keep in mind. Um, and of course, when we, we read scripture, when we talk about Jesus, we, we talk about Jesus's um, the anticipation of Jesus, this coming of the Messiah. We talk about the birth of Jesus, the life of Jesus, uh, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, and of course, the ascension of Jesus. These are all incredibly important uh, dynamics uh, to our Christology of our understanding of who Jesus is. And when it comes to Jesus' ascension, it kind of tells us um, where is Jesus now, right? If Jesus is 100% man, um, where is that man if we believe that he rose from the dead, which we do believe. Uh, while we read in um, we read in the New Testament that Jesus has ascended into heaven and that he is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Again, uh, this is expressed in the statement of faith that we read earlier, that he's ascended into heaven where he rules over all of creation, um, and I think another beautiful thing uh, we read in, in the New Testament is when Jesus talks about making his home in us, uh, or more importantly, the theme that we are now in him. We, we make our homes in him as he makes his home in us. And we're going to talk more about that um, next time when we talk about the Holy Spirit and, and how some of that happens. And what's Jesus doing at the right hand of the Father? Well, in addition to ruling over all creation, we also understand that he's interceding on our behalf. Um, that's Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, talks about Jesus's ministry before the Father of interceding on our behalf, those who are Christians. He's standing before the Father, representing us to the Father, um, which is just such um, an important aspect of our Christian faith and, and that reality of Jesus's death and resurrection and ascension, making it possible for you and I to be in relationship with God. And again, we're going to talk more about this um, in weeks ahead. Well, I want to leave us with um, a bit of a devotional exercise. Um, uh, Zach, what do you think of the I am statements?
1: Uh, I think they're great, Adam. They're great. I think they're
0: great. They're so great. And if you don't know what we're talking about, in the Gospel of John, Jesus makes um, several references. He says that I am and you kind of fill in the blank. And it's it's interesting, if, if I were to, you know, the beginning of this podcast, um, I said to you, I am an associate pastor. Zach said, I am a student of history and theology. Um, you know, when Jesus said, I am, he didn't say, I am a teacher, or I am this or that. He, he says, I am the bread of life. I am, um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And and so we have these sayings of Jesus that sound kind of kind of weird on the surface, but in each one is just a depth of, of theology, um, a depth of of ways for us to come to understand who is Jesus uh, and what what about his characteristics influence and impact who we are today. Uh, and there's so much in there. So I encourage you uh, this week, maybe just even jump on Google, type in the seven I am statements of of Christ. Um, Get references to those and and read through those because there's so much that we can learn. Uh, Do you have any other final words on this topic uh, before we close, Zach?
1: Yeah, Adam. um, I would just like to read for us um, just from Philippians 2, uh, verses 5 to 11, um, as we finish up. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, Did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, we look forward to having you tune in next time as we talk about who is the Holy Spirit. Well, thank you for listening to the This I Believe podcast series. This podcast series is a part of the Equip Discipleship podcast put out by Twilliger Community Church. To learn more about Terwilliger Community Church and the equipped discipleship classes, please go to tchurch.ca. If you like our podcast series, I encourage you to subscribe to them or to share them with a friend. And I encourage you to take the things that you're learning and thinking about as it relates to this podcast series and find other Christians to talk about it with. We cannot grow in our Christian faith by ourselves. Well, have a great week and may you grow in your love and understanding of God.